Welcome back to another week of the Brazos Sports Preps Cast. It's week 13 of the Texas high school football season. I'm Alex Miller with Abigail Ochoa, always our favorite high school sports reporter here at the Eagle. And uh, Abigail, another another big week. I feel like we say that every week. Um, we had playoffs last week in the 1A to 4A levels. No. So we've got uh, quite a few teams that are advancing and – we uh we had some teams their seasons come to an end, but we've also got action district action at the 5A level to go over, and later we'll be joined by David Campbell. He's the play-by-play voice of the Bryan Vikings. The Vikings game against Coppers Cove canceled this week due to COVID-19, but fortunately for the Vikings, they picked up a forfeit win and now they're in the playoffs. Yeah, good good for them. Good news for them. I mean. I had them favor to win that game, obviously, but, you know, good that they're able to take this week and, and see what they can do later on. For sure. And we hope everybody at Copper's Cove is uh, safe and gets healthy soon. Yes. But let's, let's, let's rewind a little bit. Let's go back to week 12 and some big wins at the 5A level and a, and a tough loss for the AM Consolidated Tigers. Let's, let's start with Consol. They okay. – they went on the road. They played Montgomery, and unfortunately for Consol, they came away with a loss, a 38-14 to loss. It seemed like the offense couldn't really find a rhythm. They took the early lead 7-3, to and they, didn't, they, they just couldn't move the, the chains. They didn't get a first down for almost 30 minutes. That offensive line, it's a little young, continues to hurt them. We saw that when they lost to Huntsville a couple weeks back. And now the Tigers are kind of in a tough spot. They're down to fourth in the district standings and they need a bounce back to get back in the playoffs. Yeah. They have to win the next two. Uh, they'll play full share this week, obviously. And then they end with rudder um, before, and then they have a week off in the last week, but um, yeah, it didn't look good for them. Consol, you mentioned Huntsville. Um, I obviously wasn't at this game against Montgomery, but just looking at the score and kind of reading the story a little bit, it seemed like it was, very similar to how they played with Huntsville. Not able to get the offense going, I believe. Um, Willis was sacked a few times. Um, it, it seems to be when, you, when you're able to stop them offensively um, and not, not, you know, not let them run, not let Willis do anything through the air, um, it really hurts Consol a little bit. I know they did have a few um, people out. Um, we're not quite sure why they were out um, or who exactly was out. But um, we know for sure it wasn't Sutton Lake or any, anybody offensively like that, um, big playmakers for them. But um, they still weren't able to, to come through. Um, a, a little surprising, I think. But um, obviously they have full sure this week they can bounce back with. Um, and then Rudder. I mean, the Rudder's really going to be the deciding factor. Uh, whoever wins that game um, pretty much, um, I believe, would go to the playoffs um, as a four seed. So, um, they do ha- Consol has a complete team and they can do it. Um, they just everything just has to start clicking together. That offensive line, the defense, which has a lot of veteran guys on it, a lot of big guys that can do it. So um, I'm sure they're working on that this week. But um, they do have the guys to, to win and do it. It was just sad to see that this week things weren't able to click for them um, for whatever reason. For sure. And speaking of the Rudder Rangers, they got yeah. their first district win of the season. <laughs> They beat yeah. Fulshire on the road, 35-14. to 14. They got off to a hot start, three touchdowns in the first quarter. EJ Ezar, Keith Ron Lee, seeing more touches. How about the Rudder defense, though? Four interceptions, two sacks, and a fumble recovery. That's a performance that we haven't seen from the Rangers this season. Is, is this really what we've been waiting to see for Rudder in district play? Yes. It's like, finally, we got it. We got – they're doing everything that they did in the beginning of the season um, that we saw from them when they were undefeated. So, um, yes, I'm sure they they were excited about this win. Um, it's just everything came together for them. Ezar and Lee got more touches, which we've been waiting to see. Um, we haven't seen Lee really been able to do anything the, these past few weeks um, when they've been losing. And when you have a guy like that who's you know has all these offers now from all these big schools. Um, you want to use him and you want to have him in there. Um, and when he's in there, I mean, he does great things. So when the offense is able to get um, some momentum going, it seems like they're successful. Um, and we know that they have, you know, they have Ezar, they have Lee, they have Dials, they have um, DJ Wallace, they have the guys. Um, 
to really make them successful. So it was really good to see them, you know, beat this full share team. But the defense, I mean, come on. We've been waiting for them to do some, some big things here. Um, really needed them to step up, obviously, for Rudder, who has to win the, the you know, who had to win the last three of its games after falling, you know, going 0-3 in, in district to start. But they proved it. Four interceptions, two sacks. They're obviously showing some pressure there, um, doing some big things. So um, that's really good to see from them and, and definitely what we've been wanting to see for the past, you know, however many weeks we've, we've been in district. Yeah. We don't give out helmet stickers on our podcast, but if we did – my first helmet sticker would go to the rudder defense collectively uh, for that performance. That's yeah. got to, that's probably got to be their best performance of the season. And they got to keep it going. Yes. That is the key is now, can they keep it going? Especially these next two weeks, especially when you look ahead and rudders off this week and their next games against Dana consolidated, who we know has an electric offense and can have an electric offense. So can That'll be something for us to watch moving forward. Can that rudder defense keep it going? Yeah. And speaking of Keith Ron Lee, he got an Ooh. offer from Texas last week. I mean, yeah. this dude is – he is getting seen. I, I think his offer list now includes TCU, Texas, Tennessee, Washington, just to name a few. He's racking them up. He's racking them up. So it, it'll be interesting to see how Keith Ron's recruitment plays out as – we get closer to the early signing period, or maybe he holds things out and doesn't sign till February. So it'll, it'll be interesting to keep an eye on where he ends up, but he's getting looks from big schools coast to coast. Yeah. I've seen that guy play too. I mean, he deserves those, all, all the things that he's getting. I mean, that guy can do, um, you know, anything he, he offensively and defensively. So, you know, congrats to him because well-deserved. For sure. Well, finishing up 5A recap last week, the College Station Cougars, they went on the road, shut out Cleveland 64-0. We expected the Cougars to win, but they, they really improved in some areas, particularly uh, their tempo on offense. And the, the defense, they, they stayed very disciplined throughout the game. I was there. Cleveland kind of runs this interesting kind of wonky run-oriented. They're going to run fakes and – pre-snap motions I mean there's a lot of movement and it kind of looks like a small like where you see the small school is kind of that old school wing t stuff they've got like two up backs taking reverses doing fake pitches and things like that defense didn't flinch at all and how about Jed Huff he threw six touchdown passes in the first half alone they were up 50 to zero It, it was over at halftime yeah. Yeah. And I believe that's a school record. I, you know, we, we had him on the honor roll this week, obviously um, school record, six touchdowns in a game. Um, and then we also had, he also had like an 82, 88%, sorry, completion rate. So, I mean, it's great to see that from him. I know we've talked about it in the past. Um, that was obviously something I had on my list for them to do this week um, against Cleveland um, is to get that passing game going um, to get Huff, he's I think he's comfortable there but um he he's definitely I know we saw it last week too um making more passes getting the receivers more into the game I know we you know a lot of the times they can rely on Roger Brown or Marquise Collins to run it for them um or even Dalton Carnes um on the on the kiff, kiff, have some success have some success this week um and also the defense just to stay strong they're already strong enough um, but I think it was important that they didn't let up any easy points, especially towards the end when you're tired and, you know, you just kind of want to get the game over with. You said it was done by halftime. So, um, yeah, so that was really good to see all around, I think, from them this week. Yeah, and what, what kind of struck me was how they, they really distributed the ball well. I mean, you, you look at Traylon Sewell, Houston Thomas. I mean, Cash Richter got a couple of passes in there. They oh, even wow. They even used – Roderick Brown in the passing game, he had two touchdown catches. So use having multiplicity on offense with in the in the passing game was big. We mentioned Huff. He was 15 to 17, 205 yards, six touchdowns. I talked to him after the game. He said Cleveland's giving them a lot of man looks, and you could tell they were winning a lot of one-on-one battles and just the speed and the the execution was very strong. Uh, a lot of quick pace. And then on defense. Jackson Slanker with another big game. Uh, 
Keyshawn Cooper, uh, he had the the big interception. Uh, yeah, so a really a really complete game for the Cougars. A big win for them. Well, we we'd be remiss not to go over a lot of the small school action, considering they started the playoffs last week. And so, just looking at it at large, schools that won their by district games and are advancing to the second round include Calvert, Navasota, Leon, Franklin. Lexington, Norman G, Hearn, Bremond, and Snook, and teams that were eliminated last week, Dimebox, Anderson, Shiro, Centerville, Rockdale, and Iola. First, congratulations to the teams that uh, on their season that weren't able to advance, and uh, good job on them. Been an unprecedented season for sure. So making the playoffs and fighting through all those things is something worth congratulating. So, uh, Especially did, through COVID. Yes, absolutely. I mean, some teams had to take weeks off. So still still great to even make it to the playoffs. Absolutely. But by my count, we've still got nine area teams from 1A to 4A in the playoffs. And there were some, there were some pretty big wins last week. Abigail and I, we got to go out Thursday night and really watch some of that small school action. First, let, let's start with a game we didn't get to watch but really caught our eye. Lexington and East Bernard, the Lexington Eagles with a seven to zero win in double overtime. <laughs> Jared Kerr, of course, yes. who, who other than Jared Kerr I mean, gets the lone touchdown? Yeah. Was there any doubt? <laughs> I mean, we knew, we knew Kerr. We talked about it last week with Mike Lucas. Um, we knew Kerr was going to be, obviously he's the guy for them on Lexington. They have other guys, but he's the guy who gets all the stats and, who you're always talking about each week. Um, we, we weren't, we didn't want him to get, we, we mentioned not him hitting him getting tired this week um, because that would hurt their chances maybe later on in the playoffs. But then you go, he scores the lone touchdown, seven to zero double overtime. I mean, wow. I did not expect that. I don't know if I've ever seen that score <laughs> scoreboard ever. Um, but wow, what a way to start off the playoffs. I mean, they really fought in there. We, uh, East Bernard's is not an easy team to play. We talked about it. Yeah. I mean, that Lex <laughs> Lexington taking down a district champion, Lexington, the four seed. And, and now they get a pretty favorable matchup. I, they're playing Taft. Um, yes. And so obviously getting through that first round was a big challenge for them. But now they're kind of in position to where they could move on to the third round. Oh, yeah. I, I believe they're projected to win against half, maybe by 30 or so points. Like, it's, it, it, they have a pretty good chance. And I think after last week, I'm sure. I mean, I saw that video. They were so excited when they got that touchdown. I mean, who wouldn't be? Double overtime. But um, yeah, so I'm sure they're really excited. Then. Absolutely. Well, Navasota, on the other hand, they rolled to a first round victory 72 to 7 over Austin Achieve. They were up 58 to zero at halftime. Kind of the cool story though, uh, yeah. lineman Jaquarian Williams. He got some carries on offense, ran, or he got a carry on offense. Carry. Ran for 41 yards, eh, short of a touchdown. Apparently, the team was told if they beat Giddings in that season yeah. finale, Williams would get the chance to carry the ball in the by district round. And Coach Dacus uh, held held his end of the bargain and let him go. Uh, I think Travis was out there and talked to Williams after the game. That, that's just kind of a fun moment, you know? You know, so cool. And, you know, we talked last week about them beating Giddings. Obviously, that was a big win for them. They won by two. I mean, that had to be on their mind when they're playing that to get their teammate. Um, you know, Travis did talk to him. Um, uh, he seems to be very popular on the team. Everybody really likes Williams. So um, they're really fighting for him in that, in that Giddings win for him to get this run here. And he just came short of a touchdown. Um, and uh, apparently he, he begged Dacus to go in, but um, you know, Dacus is like, all right, you got your one run, but that's a really cool story. For sure. Well, moving along, we got four more games to look back at Hearn. They beat Grapeland 59 to 14. Uh, Hearn always had control of the game. They, they only needed one third down conversion. Uh, solid all-around performance from them. They had they had non-offensive touchdowns, scores coming from defense and special teams. So all-around performance from the Eagles. 
Yeah, yeah, and I think we expected that. I mean, they played really well this season. We said that, obviously, they've kind of flown under, under the radar um, so far this season. They haven't lost, um, and, and I think we ex- kind of expected this in, in my district um, to kind of just um, just kind of ride a little bit. Grapeland did give them a little bit of trouble there in the beginning. I believe Gra- Grapeland scored first. So um, they obviously gave them a little bit of trouble there, but Hearn, um, I mean, We've seen them do it all season, and we saw it again this week. So, and Looking at some games that you and I were at, Abigail, last week, we'll, we'll start with Dimebox and Calvert, six-man action. Yeah. Calvert, I mean, no question, 52-0 to zero win. Uh, the game was over at halftime because of six-man's 45-point mercy rule. First, though, Dimebox, how about them? The Longhorns making the playoffs in just their second year of football. Pretty, yeah. pretty impressive for Coach Fry and his – his program, but Calvert, they really look like a true contender. I mean, they they got after it on both sides of the ball. I mean, making plays in open field, uh, breaking tackles down the sideline, just getting yards after contact, too. And now they have a big second-round game against Cherokee, and if they win that, it likely sets up a big game against Richland Springs. Yeah. I it Props to Dimebox, first of all. I mean – to come into this season, they've started a little bit later than everybody else, I believe. Um, and then, you know, it's only your second your second time in the UIL. You make it to the playoffs again. Obviously, we knew they had a tough opponent in Calvert, um, who's been on fire this season. Um, just seems to not, you know, unstoppable a little bit. Obviously, they, they took that big lead. I mean, 52-0 to zero to stop the game there. Um, Obviously, they're doing something right, but big props to Dimebacks as well for sticking in there and, and making it to the playoffs in the first place. For sure. And, Abigail, looking at the games that you were at, we'll start with Franklin. Uh, they beat Van Vleck 58-19. to Explosive first half for the Lions. They scored seven touchdowns in the first 24 minutes. You know, what you what'd you see from Coach Fannin's team on uh, Friday, Thursday? Thursday. Thursday. Thursday, yeah. I got to cover a Thursday game this week. But, um, yeah, you know, I think once we start getting into the playoffs now, um, I think a lot of nerves can come in, in into it. I saw that with both of my games last week, um, just in the beginning, though. <laughs> I mean, the, I cover Franklin and Norman G. Obviously, those teams, we've seen them play this year, um, really on fire, really dominant, um, and, and they can do, you know, they can run, they can pass. They have the guys, obviously, who can do everything. But, um, yeah, we saw a little bit of nerves maybe come out in the beginning. Van Fleck, um, you know, gets it. He, it started, I believe, Van Fleck scored first. I might be wrong about that. It's been a while since last Thursday. But um, it, it, they kind of gave him a little bit of fight. I mean, they were stopping Franklin and, and stuff like that. So, but, you know, Franklin, you know, they got Bobby Washington. They got Bryson Washington. They got... Um, you know, Seth Spiller, they, they got those kind of guys. So they were able to pick it up. Bobby Washington had three touchdowns, I believe. Um, um, and they were able to come out big with a win there. Obviously, they were really excited to get that. They've been saying, you know, 164, that's how many miles it takes to get from Franklin to AT&T Stadium in Dallas. Um, and, and they're ready to make that run. I, they looked really strong, um, both sides of the ball, obviously. Um, but, you know, Bryson Washington did go out in the second quarter, um, it looked like it was his left ankle or his leg or something like that. Um, um, so I, I guess watch out for that. I don't know what uh, coach said that he was fine afterwards. I, it was just a precaution. They took him out. Obviously, they had a good lead. Why, why risk it? Um, especially with a guy like that who, you know, is really important to your run game and, and um, even as a receiver. So um, that was the only thing that we really saw that was maybe troubling was him coming out and not getting to play the second half. But um, otherwise, really good job from Franklin. And, um, you know, a good win to start district. Play, a playoff, sorry. Not district. <laughs> We're not in district anymore. <laughs> I can't remember. Everybody's in district. Some of us are. Some of us are in Some the playoffs. Are. This, I don't is, know this is the COVID world we're in. Yes. We're in both playoff, district, whatever. But, yeah. Well, we mentioned some playoff jitters, and that definitely seemed apparent for Norman G. It sounded like the Panthers kind of had a, a little tricky of a start. Mason Hardy, a little uncharacteristic, turning the ball over. But they came back. They beat Thrall 43-20. to 20. Isaiah Jones, again, I think he was our player of the week this week. 
Yes. Uh, five touchdowns, 257 total yards, fumble recovery for a touchdown. But Abigail, it, it might have been the first time we've seen Normandy struggle this year, but what can you say about the way they responded after a little bit of early adversity? Yeah, for sure the first time we've seen them struggle this season. Um, obviously, I haven't seen them since week one, but just looking at the scores alone this year, it seems like they've had no problem um, really starting off strong and ending strong um, to take a win. I mean, they haven't lost this season. So, um, But, yeah, we saw a little bit of trouble. Um, Mason Hardy had two – Two, um, he threw two interceptions within the first seven minutes, I believe, of the game. Um, you know, Normandy had the ball, then they turned, you know, he threw an interception, they got it back, he threw another interception. You know, it was kind of going back like that. Thrall was getting some good, good chances in there. Um, and I really do believe that they could have scored more than 20 if they really took advantage of those chances that they have because with a team like Normandy, you don't, they don't mess up very often. So when they do, you really have to do, take advantage of it. Um, but regardless, Mason Hardy, it was really weird to see those two turnovers um, only because all season he's only thrown one interception. And I, I think I told you it was like 149 attempt, pass attempts or something like that. Um, so a pretty big number. We've seen him obviously win games for them in the past. Um, and I did talk to Coach about it a little bit, kind of about that rocky start. He said, you know, this is the – they're in the playoffs – um, you know, this is by district. It's the first round. You get a little nervous. You're, you know, you're not at home. You're at, a, you're, you're in college station, you know, you're at a different stadium and, um, you know, you just kind of get a little nervous. So we saw that a little bit. They obviously were able to pull back and say, all right, let's get this going again. Um, had a good first, the rest of the first half was pretty well. Isaiah Jones, that guy, <laughs> that guy can catch anything. He could run and push through crowds. Um, so he really came out for them. Um, I think it, it may be in place of Hardy. Hardy still had a great game. He also had, he also caught two interceptions. So he kind of made up for that on defense wise um, with, with um, Dallas Minky um, for Thrall. But um, yeah, you know, we saw them struggle a little bit, um, which I think maybe, maybe was good for them to see them come back a little bit. But um, yeah, I, I don't think this week they're going to struggle, but now they have the experience in playoffs a little bit and the, they should be good to go. For sure. Well, coming up next on the Bradley Sports Prepscast, we're going to be joined by our friend David Campbell. He's a former Eagles sports writer, but now he's the play-by-play voice of the Bryant Vikings football team. We're asking him what he's seen from the Vikings these last few weeks as they prepare for a playoff run, potentially. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome back to the Bradley Sports Prepscast. We're joined now by David Campbell. He's the play-by-play play-by-play voice for the Brian Vikings football team and we're the, the Vikings are off this week due to COVID but we still want to we still want to break them down and sounds like they've secured a playoff bid David yeah they have when they got the phone call from Copper's Cove and it's Copper's Cove that's having the COVID problems that uh, they're out yeah. this week and so once they got the uh, got the word uh, Brian uh, basically when they got the phone call they were in the playoffs so that uh, but I'll say this, they've had to really work hard to get there. They've had a, this is a pretty good district as it turns out. I'm not sure going in that I was convinced that that was the case, but, uh, yeah. but you know, I look at Shoemaker who was undefeated until last week and lost in overtime and Temple's an outstanding team. A Belton's very good. Harker Heights is very good. And Brian got the win over Harker Heights. I, I really think it turned out to be a better district than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Me and Alex for sure. have talked about that before. I'm not really seeing Brian kind of, you know, Brian's kind of been, um, I guess, the dark horse, you would say, this season. We didn't really see it coming, but they've been doing really well this season. Um, and even the games that they did lose, it wasn't like, you know, blowout wins. They weren't losing by much. Um, yep. Against a few tough teams there, and the, you know, they had a rough, you know, go around with those tough teams in a row. Yeah, their biggest loss was was obviously the game over at Temple, but uh, but they played right. really well. They uh, and one thing they've done all season long is they played really good defense and they keep themselves in games. By I say, if you look at the numbers, you might think that's not the case. Yeah. But but uh, but they have forced teams to do things they don't want to do. They they mess up what you your plans are. If you've got a good game plan that's been working. Ryan's going to make you get out of that game plan. They're going to do something a little bit different. But the thing I was, the point I was trying to make about the, the district is, is this is not really a matter of the district being weak so much as Brian's a lot better than they were last year. That's a much, this is a much improved team. 
Well, what do you think it is, though, that, that it's maybe different this year than last? I know we talked about defense a little bit, but. You know, there are a couple of things. Uh, I think Malcolm Gooden's played really well at quarterback. That's been, and he's a sophomore, not had a whole lot of playing time at the quarterback position, although that's a position he has played in the past, but he's had injuries and things like that that have affected him and kept him off the field. And and the other thing is, Brian is kind of a team that fits 2020, as weird as that sounds. They're, they're, they got a bunch of grinders out there. They got a guy, they got guys that, uh, that want to play together as a group and they they really have a uh, just uh and i give a lot of credit to the coaches and the the everybody that's involved with all this because uh they've you know they have just been able to really pick this thing up and, and do something really special i was just trying to try to look down demarion johnson caught a touchdown pass last week and demarion doesn't have a whole lot of targets that go his way but he's a good receiver they threw a little throwback pass to him he took it in for a touchdown outran everybody to get in there and the excitement that all the players had for that touchdown, they just raced over to him. It was not, there was nothing fake, not like, let's just, you know, let's just do it uh, to, uh, to make this exciting. They were excited for Demarion, and, and that's what makes this team special. They're, they're, they've been a fun team to be around. I would, uh, I would love to have them had to uh, get to this game this week and love, uh, it would have been great if they could have gotten it in because it's a little bit more experience for an enormous number of sophomores and juniors that are, are uh, major contributors. They got good seniors on the team too, but uh, a lot of these guys are young guys. They're very, very young. Yeah. Kind of going back to last week, Brian, they got the win over Colleen after losing to Shoemaker, good bounce back win. They had the big halftime lead. They held on for the victory. You know, what was really the key there? And what can you say about the way they responded after losing that game to Shoemaker? Well, the, the loss to Shoemaker was, I, I don't think it was as bad as, is it probably looked they took a chance they uh, and they probably needed to do that against a quality team like uh, shoemaker and that ended up biting them a little bit in that game i, I don't know that it was so much as they ba- bounced back but they really played well in that first half they were terrific now to begin the second half uh, it was a matter of clean coming out and getting a couple of quick touchdowns but brian immediately came back and i know we had that response uh talking about it on the air that that the one of the first thing we say, well, what does Colleen do need to do to get back in this game? They did exactly what they needed to do. They they began to run the ball much more effective. Okay, how does Brian regain control? They did the same thing. They just said, all right, you need a response. We'll come up with a big up big play on offense. We'll take it down, score a really nice touchdown, and uh, and then make a big big defensive play and get in the end zone again. So it, it they sort of traded. Uh, licks there at the beginning of the third quarter, but uh, but Brian was never out of control of that game. That was that was their game. Um, yeah, you know we've seen obviously they played Ellison next, um, who hasn't won the season. Uh, but Brian, so far, what kind of are they playing for now? Obviously, now that they're in the playoffs. Um, what kind of seed are we looking at? Like, what's kind of next for them? Well, what they're going to do, they're going to go in as the number two seed in Division Two. Uh, Temple's going to be the number one seed. So that game against Temple was huge from, from that standpoint. Uh, uh, the district that they're playing is really good. And it looks like Brian's going to open up the season. Now, in this COVID season, you just never know whether anything could change. But, uh, but for the time being, it appears Brian would be playing at Cedar Hill in the playoffs. But that's a long way down the line. That's like December yeah. 11th before we play that, that game. Uh, right now, the Vikings, with the week off this week, they'll come back and they'll play the day after Thanksgiving. That'll be the, the uh, Ellison game. And, and, again, getting back to the quality of the district, Ellison's not a bad team either. They right. may be at the bottom of the, of the district in Cover at the bottom of the district, but both of them have some quality folks on their team. So I don't think that's going to be a bad game. Uh, that'll be a, a real test for Brian to wrap things up. And they're, they're actually doing a doubleheader at Leo Buckley. Harker Heights and Coppers Cove are going to play at 2 o'clock. And then, okay. uh, and then that night, which is, again, day after Thanksgiving, it'll be Brian playing their game against, uh, against Ellison. And then it's another off week while everybody else makes their – you know, makes up the games that they're able to make up in the district. And then, so off week, on week, off week, and then playoffs. So <laughs> I guess we'll be ready for that. If I can't get prepared for that, we're in trouble because I think I, I think in a month I might be able to re- be ready to call a, a uh, playoff game. Yeah. Well, 
and and so here's my question: having the week off this week, and then playing a game next week that you're you're favored to win, and then having another week off, knowing you're in the playoffs, where do you see the Vikings need to improve on to give them the best chance to potentially go and knock off a Cedar Hill in that first round? Well, here's the here's the downside to all this: is that what they need is is more game playoff time, and unless they choose to set another game, and that's possible, I guess they could do that. Uh, that Ross Rogers could could uh, go out and find somebody that final week of the season this year. I mean, there would be a normally you would say there's no way you do that in the final week of the season. But this year, it's it's not beyond the realm of possibility they could set something up if they choose to. The the two weeks they had off earlier because of COVID, and that was Brian's COVID problem because of a, a lot of contact tracing that they had to do. Uh, they played well when they came out after that. They they did extremely well, and and that was the upset of Harker Heights. And Brian's played well at home too. The the Vikings end up four and zero at home this year. So it's been a it's been good to be hanging around Merrill Green Stadium this season. And I guess I guess another question too. This is the first time in four years that Brian will have made the playoffs. How big is it for the program to get back to there, especially after they had that stretch where they were making the third round pretty consistently? Yeah, it, they were doing that, and they had a really good, uh, pretty good run there. They were doing that at the 5A level. They've had their struggles at the 6A level. So you're playing against, you know, obviously bigger schools. And the the Cy Fair district, they, they uh, you know, they had some quality teams there as well. I mean, teams that, that could make runs. And, uh, and yet they were in a lot of those games too. They just didn't win any of them. I mean, that was the problem. They were right in the thick. When you lose a three-to-nothing ball game, for goodness sake, that's what happened to them. Uh, you just kind of feel like, well, I'm here's a missed opportunity. Here's a missed opportunity. They haven't missed many of those opportunities this year. When they've been in those good games with Harker Heights, with Belton, it was just a great game. And uh, and then last week when they were challenged by Colleen, I mean, they've come through and and come through with big plays and and timely plays and exciting stuff to call. Like and I can promise you that. Well, David, I think that's all we got for you today. Uh, I know it was short and sweet, but thanks for hopping on and discussing the Vikings and just kind of the outlook they got for the rest of the season. I think it's pretty good. I think uh, uh, no matter what happens in the playoff game, it's pretty good. But with this team, I'm not ruling them out. I think it'll be, I think it'll be fun. Awesome. Well, David, thanks again for joining us. And coming up next, Abigail and I, we're going to keep breaking down the biggest games of the week here in the Brazos Valley, both at – the 5A level and down at the small schools as they enter round two of the playoffs. And we're back. It's our final segment of the podcast. We're previewing week 13 of the Texas high school football season. Abigail, let's start with what we've got at the 5A level. We've already, we've already touched on Brian plenty. Um, Let's briefly, let's briefly touch on Rudder though. They've got a bye week this week. It, does it come at a good time for the Rangers, and what should their focus be for them this week after that win over Fullshear, and also preparing for kind of a make-it-or-break-it game against AM Consolidated next week? Yeah, you know, when you think about them, you know, having consult um, Thanksgiving week, this does seem like a good time to have a bye week just because we know that's kind of a make-it-or-break-it game for both teams. But um, I'm not sure if it did come at a good time. I think I would have liked to see it come. You know, they did. They started district with three losses. I would like to have seen that maybe in the, after the second week, only because I think they really got down on themselves. They had, I, you know, it's hard to get when you're losing three weeks in a row, um, especially in district where you thought that you were going to really shine and, and this might be the first time you go to playoffs. They obviously still have a chance to go to playoffs, but – um, I would have liked to have seen the bye week, I think, a little bit earlier for them. But obviously, you never know how these seasons are going to go. So, um, But I think at this week, they really take advantage of being able to continue to um, build on what they did against Full Share after that first win. Um, I think this might be really good for them. So, Consol, obviously, we know that they have a solid defense. Um, they have veteran guys. Um, they have strong guys. They have guys who make plays um, and turn over their ball. Obviously, we didn't see that last week with Consol, but I do think against Rudder, that should be a focus that they're um, putting all their eyes on. You know, Rudder supporting cast on offense, they're going to need to kind of step up a little bit 
Cleveland to stop that defense because they need Ezar. They need Ezar to find Lee. They need Lee to find the end zone. They they need those big guys to make those big plays. Um, otherwise, it's not going to look good for Rudder. Um, and, you know, they did start off really well this season, so it would be a shame to see them kind of fall at the end here. But I think if they're able to really focus um, not only on their defense, but that offensive line really coming together and really pushing Gonzalez's defense next week, um, they'll be good to go. But it's going to be really important for them to, to see some improvement this week because you don't want to get to, you know, Meryl Green next Friday and be like, oh, oh no. So um, they really need to step up this, this off week. For sure. And looking at the Anum Consolidated Tigers, they're looking to bounce back with a win over Fulshear this week. They're hosting the Chargers at home. Fulshear hasn't won in district play yet. Um, they lost to Lake Creek, Montgomery, and Rudder all by large margins. Um, on, on paper, it looks like it should be a, a good win for Consol. You know, how important is it for the Tigers to kind of get back in the win column before they face that big game against Rudder next week? Yeah, I mean, obviously on paper, like you said, it looks like an easy week. They should be able to win against Full Share. Rudder was able to do it um, last week. Um, and we've kind of seen it. We've kind of seen, our, weirdly, if Rudder loses to a team, apparently, so does we saw with Huntsville and Montgomery. But um, either way, um, I think Consol just needs to, to keep doing what they're doing. Obviously, they have a good chance to win this week. Um, but I, I do think all eyes still would be, are going to be on that rudder game. I mean, that really is what's going to, that's going to decide. So um, I don't know if so much the focus, I don't know, obviously you want to win every week. I think that they will this week. Um, but I think really the, the big, you know, date circled on the calendars that day after Thanksgiving when they play rudder, it's going to be, for all the marbles. So, <laughs> um, it, it is really important for them to win this week, obviously, because if they lose either this week or against Rutter that of the playoffs, um, they're already number four. So um, either way, you want to win, but um, you really want to win that Rudder game. <laughs> for sure. And looking at the College Station Cougars now, they're hosting Caney Creek. Uh, it is homecoming for College Station. Caney Creek is winless this season. I believe they've got a first-year coach. They could see another shutout. And, you know, the Cougars are kind of in this three-game stretch where they beat Cleveland last week. They should beat Caney Creek this week, and they'll likely be big favorites over Waller next week before that season finale against Magnolia West, who – Lost to Magnolia 21 to 14 last week. That's a that was a big game because yes. now Magnolia they they control their own destiny. Uh, they're likely going to be the district champion. And mm -hmm. that last week between College Station Magnolia West, that's likely for the two or the three seed in the district, which has huge implications for playoffs thinking about potentially facing a Longview or a Highland Park in the first round. <laughs> but yeah. um, as compared to maybe McKinney North or a, another team, but Coach Huff, he is, he is focused week by week. He's not even looking at those things. I mean, you try and ask him, he won't, he, he won't go there, which is, yeah. is good for a coach like that. But, oh. um, you know, they're playing Caney Creek this week. They – he said he really liked the way that they improved uh, last week, especially with that tempo. So, Caney Creek, he told me, kind of a veteran-laden team. They've they're real aggressive up front on defense. They've got some they got some bigger guys in their front seven. So, um, you know, how how important is it for the Cougars to really not let off the throttle this week and? honestly try and go and get another pretty sound convincing win over a team that they, they should beat. Yeah. You don't want it to get too comfortable. Uh, we've talked about it before. College station is one of the toughest districts, toughest regions. Um, so especially when you get to playoffs, um, you, you want to have, um, you know, maybe one of those top two seeds we've talked about it before, but yeah, you don't want to let, let off the gas at all. I, you want the defense to continue to stay strong. Um, and be consistent through all four quarters. 
um, not give up easy points. You want the offense to continue that tempo. Um, you know, you want Huff to continue to find those receivers, any and all receivers. So they have, they have Houston, they have Carnes, they have, now you said Brown had a few last week. Uh, you know, they have all these guys. So you want to see them continue to do that. Um, not let off the gas. Obviously, they're highly favored to win this game this week. Uh, Candy Creek hasn't won, but um, you don't want to take this game for granted. It's also homecoming. Um, so I'm sure they want to have a little fun with it. But you you don't want to um, get too comfortable um, because then you do have Waller next week. And then obviously Magnolia West, which is already a big game to begin with to end the season. Um, and now even bigger since they lost to Magnolia. Um, just by one score or two, which I'm sure that was a great game to be at. But um, yeah, you don't want to let off the gas. Um, should be should be an easy win, might be a shutout, but I don't know if it matters at this point. Um, they just need to be consistent um, on their side of the ball. For sure. Well, we've got some big games in the small school ranks, and we've also got the potential for a couple of area matchups in the regional round if some teams can win. Let's look at Leon and Timpson first. This is definitely going to be a tough game for the Leon Cougars. Timpson undefeated this season. Definitely Leon's probably their toughest opponent to date aside from maybe Norman G. Um, the, the Cougars, we know they've got some firepower on their team. They've got Jager Robinson. They've got Tyson Kernett. They've got some other guys at receiver – uh, Tito Gonzalez comes to mind. Um, can Leon pull out another win against a tough team? They beat Thorndale last week. They, they had a big lead. They had to hold on at the end. They won 40 to 34. Yeah. Yeah. Big win against Thorndale. We talked about that was probably going to be one of the, the toughest matchups um, last week in by district for them to get over that hump um, and get into area. Um, but they were able to do it. I mean, you mentioned Cornette. Um, you mentioned Robinson. Robinson threw five touchdowns last week for almost 300 yards. Um, Cornette does things on both sides of the ball. He's usually the leader um, offensively and defensively. He had 17 tackles last week, three touchdowns, um, unstoppable guys. Um, but, you know, you are going against a team who hasn't lost this season. Um, and I actually looked it up. They, they have only allowed about – 52 points in 11 games, um, which, yeah, obviously says something about their defense. So <laughs> we know that they're good. This is going to be another tough matchup. Um, Leon, you know, after beating Thorndale, they're going to get another tough guy here. Um, Tipson does seem to be doing well with their freshman quarterback, um, Terry Busby. Um, but, you know, Leon's going to have to take advantage of anything that they – any mistakes that they can make Tipson do um, – you know, and I'm, I'm sure, you know, Cornette usually forces a few things on defense. So um, if, if him and guys like, you know, guys like that are able to make some, some plays and, Le and Leon can take advantage of it, um, it might be good for them. But Timson's going to be a really, really hard team to get past. Um, and, the, you know, the only thing I – yeah, it, they're going to be really hard. To, I know they're, you know, behind a freshman quarterback, obviously – um, so there can be some nerves there, not having been in the playoffs before, but they won last week pretty easily, um, and I'm sure they're settling in. So Leon's going to really have to take advantage of any little room, any little mistake that Timson makes um, this week. Sure, and I'll be there Thursday night. They're playing 7 p.m. in Palestine at Westwood High School. Um, another game at Westwood High School, Friday night, Bremond playing East Texas powerhouse, Tenahaw. Tenahaw, they've won seven straight. They went undefeated in district after kind of a down year last year. They were five and five. Bremond, they've kind of had a tough road. They had to play all those games in five days due to COVID, but they still went five and one. They lost that one game to Mart. They were the number two seed out of that district. You know, the Tigers last week, big win over Maud. Um, this is going to be a, a big test for Bremond in round two. Yeah, definitely. If they can get over, uh, you know, this round, I mean, big props to them because this is not going to be an easy game. This is not going to be an easy team for them. Um, what I think is interesting about both of these teams, they really fought back this season. Obviously, all the teams had COVID, you know, on their backs, um, at, you know, this season. So it was already hard. Uh, Bremond, obviously, 
you know, they were out for a few weeks, had to come back. I know you covered one of their games and then came back. Um, but, you know, having to play, you know, you play on Friday, then having to play again on Monday or however the schedule went, obviously that's never easy. They really came out um, mostly unscathed in the district um, coming out number two. Um, and then Tania, obviously, um, they didn't have a great season last year. Um, you know, going five and five, they have a new head coach this year, I believe. Um, so both really able to come out of adversity this season. Um, and, and, you know, this is really going to be it for these two teams. This game, this matchup is hard. Um, I know Tania is obviously really good, um, but I think Bremont's there right there with them. Um, I know Bremont's projected to win by maybe eight. And I, I do believe that that game's going to be as tight as it's projected to be. <laughs> you know, sometimes they're, they're pr projected to be pretty tight and they end up being blowouts or, you know, big wins or whatever. But I really do think that this this game is going to really come down to that final quarter, the final minutes. Um, and, you know, whichever team is able to, to get a good lead there um, before that quarter, um, we'll have it with them. But, yeah, it's going to be a tough one. That, I can't wait to see how that, that works out. Sure, and our Travis L. Brown will be at the game Friday night in Palestine. Abigail, not to get ahead of ourselves, but yeah. if – But a little bit. But a little bit. <laughs> if Norman G. and Hearn win, and then if Franklin and Lexington win, they would be paired to play each other in the regional round, that third round next week, Thanksgiving weekend. All four teams are favored to win their games this week. Uh, Norman G., they're playing Joaquin – Hearn is playing Beckville, you know, that could be just a huge game down at the 2A level between two undefeated teams at that point. Yeah, undefeated in the Brazos Valley. I mean, you get, when you get two Brazos Valley teams playing against each other in the playoffs, it's already pretty exciting. Um, but then you get two, got, two powerhouses like Hearn and Norman G. Haven't lost this season, obviously. Projected to win big this in the area. Um, yeah, that would be an amazing matchup. Um, I would love to see that. Uh, I know we're getting ahead of ourselves, like you said, but again, a great matchup, um, hopefully, um, after the area, um, after this week. For sure. And Travis will be at Hearn and Beckville on Thursday night in Athens. And looking at the other one, Franklin and Lexington, uh, they're huge favorites over their opponents there this week. Franklin, they're playing Natalia Friday night at Cedar Park's Gupton Stadium, just north of Austin. And Lexington, they're playing Taft. Um, th this could lead to a rematch. We saw these two teams play earlier this year, kind of when Lexington was on the rise. And then going. Franklin, with the huge win at home over Lexington, they had Jared. They had all the right answers for Jared Kerr. Um, you got to think Lexington wants another crack at Franklin, and Franklin they are just rolling right now. Oh yeah, I'm sure both teams want another crack at each other. I mean, that was a big game early this season, um, and you know, obviously Lexington was a favorite um, in my eyes at least to win that one, and and Franklin really came in and and said, no, we're gonna do this. Um, I would love to see that again. Um, obviously, Lexington's been on a roll. They were able to make it to the playoffs. Um, we, we saw them with a big win over East Bernard last week, um, which is a tough team to beat. And then you beat them in double overtime by one, one with one touchdown. Um, so, yeah, I would love to see them come back together again. Um, they're really fighting for, you know, these are two teams that really want to go all the way. Um, obviously, Kerr in his last year, and then you have, you know, guys like Seth Spiller and stuff like that on, on Franklin who – you know, who have been wanting to, to get as far as they can um, in their last year. So this would be a great matchup to see, um, you know, if they both win this week, then we'll see it. <laughs> but yeah, obviously, Frank, like you said, Franklin had all the answers for Lexington. So we'll see if they have all the answers again next week if they, if they do advance. And if these two teams win, that would ensure at least two Brazos Valley teams would be in the regional finals this mm -hmm. season. Uh, I will be at Franklin's game against Natalia this Friday over at Cedar Park. Abigail, uh, where are you going to be this week covering games? I will be um, covering Navasota and Fulton. Rockport, Fulton. Rockport, Fulton, yes. There's so many. Yeah, but yeah, in that game in Wharton. Um, and also for anybody who's listening who 
be in Garland um, this week as I go to state. Um, so that should be exciting as well. But yeah, football on Friday and the volleyball on Saturday. For sure. And the Iola Bulldogs, that's going to be a big game against Crawford. Crawford uh, out of the Waco area, I think that's what Cease yeah. told me. And um, so that's going to be a huge game Saturday afternoon up in the DFW area. So be sure to follow Abigail for all of your state final volleyball coverage. <laughs> yeah. Changing it up this week, you know, <laughs> even though it's football season, we're, we're adding some volleyball in there. Well, Abigail, I think we have covered just about everything we can this week. Uh, you got anything else for us? No, I think I'm, I've talked enough. Probably, people are probably tired of hearing my voice at this point. <laughs> uh, well, thanks again, everybody, for tuning in to the Brazos Sports Prepscast. Don't forget to follow, subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. We enjoy doing this every week. Uh, be sure to check in at theeagle.com for all of our coverage Thursday night, Friday night, and even Saturday. And uh, tweet us your scores um, at Brazos Sports on Twitter. So thanks, everybody. Oh, before we leave, Brazos Christian, their game uh, was yes. canceled this week. We didn't even mention that. Uh, Brazos Christian's game has been canceled. Uh, I think they were playing Cornerstone Christian. And so I believe that means they are advancing. I think they're, uh, I think that means Brazos Christian is advancing to the next round. They're going to play Shiner St. Paul in the second round of TAPS playoffs. Awesome. Yeah. Good for Brazos Christian. I mean, for sure. Levi Hancock and company, they had a a big game last week. Um, They've been on our honor roll several times. Coach Hoffmeyer's team uh, poised for potentially deep playoff run. So, yeah, no doubt. All right, everybody. That's all we got. Uh, Thanks again for tuning in and we'll catch y'all next week. Big games next week, Abigail, potentially uh, for sure. (laughs) A&M Consolidated Rudder and maybe some all BV third round playoff games. Fingers crossed. There you go. All right. Thanks again, everybody. We'll see you soon. Guys.